Welcome into Running for the Roses. I'm Ryan Bapp, Lucas, joined by Lucas Rohde. Uh, Lucas, it's the best time of the year. It's Big Ten preview, and it's Big Ten West preview. It's a division that is near and dear to our hearts. Your beloved Wisconsin Badgers, my beloved Illinois Fighting Illini. One of us has a lot stronger ties to our school than the other one, but that's okay. Illinois, I feel like, is my official Big Ten West team. So fired up to talk some uh, some Big Ten West football, man. How are you? I'm doing very, very well, and I'm the same. The last time we will talk about Big Ten West football as the Big Ten goes divisionless next year, it's crazy. It's been the Wild West, especially the last few years, and I expect it to be very much the same thing this year, too. Yeah, Purdue is your defending Big Ten West champion. Uh, it looked like it was going to be Illinois for most of the season as the Illini had wins over Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin, but Illinois stumbled down the stretch 1-4 and four to end the season. For Brett Bielema squad, we will get to them. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to, please tune into our Big Ten East show. Uh, Lucas uh, and I uh, went through the seven teams in the Big Ten East. Lucas pretty high on Penn State. Interesting to see if he picks them to get uh, to Indianapolis here uh, under James Franklin. All right, let's get to the Big Ten West. Lucas, when I, when I look up and see who is the team that has the highest win total in the Big Ten West, it's a team, along with Iowa, but it's a team that's familiar to uh, near and dear to your heart, the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, seven and six for Wisconsin in 2022, four and five in the Big Ten. They did get a bowl win over Oklahoma State, guaranteed rate bowl. Luke Fickle is in, Paul Christ is out. Um, I'm going to step away from the mic and uh, let you riff on your uh, on your Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, well, I'll try to keep it short. I won't go on too many tangents because I could probably go on a 30-minute long pot about, <laughs> about this team. But, no, uh, it'll be a very, a very, very exciting. I think the whole fan base is very, very juiced about the hire of Luke Fickle and just the stuff that they have done to help get this roster into shape. And also, as we'll go through, they have a very, very fa- relatively favorable schedule um, for this season, too. But I think... Obviously, you bring in Luke Fickle, he maybe makes one of the biggest or most intriguing offensive coordinator hires in bringing in Phil Longo from North Carolina. So the offense is going to look much different. They're going to have a new uh, quarterback. Tanner Mordecai comes from SMU um, after um, really, really putting up some really nice numbers uh, down for the Mustangs. We'll fit this. Uh, will fit this new offense fairly perfectly. They brought in Four new transfer wide receivers. I think their wide receiver group is going to be actually very, very good. Um, they might be able to play six, seven deep um, in this offense. And meanwhile, offensive line, uh, they have the talent there. Um, you know, Jack Nelson at left tackle could be a potential first round pick again this year. And they've, it's nothing but four or five stars on that offensive line. And then you're talking about maybe one of the better running back groups in the Big Ten with Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi. Um, Phil Steele actually has Wisconsin as his number one surprise team this year. And he actually had Braylon Allen as his number one running back for the NFL draft um, in this coming year. Um, and then defensively, I think maybe the only part of that, that side of the ball where I might have question marks, is probably the defensive line. Um, you lose Keanu Benton, who was just – a complete stud last year. You also lost Nick Herbig, your best pass rusher. Not sure if they'll have the dudes to make that up, uh, but also just they're fairly thin. Um, if they have some injuries to that defensive line, I do worry there. But linebackers feel really, really good with Jordan Turner and Mumu John Meta coming back. Mumu um, uh, John Meta was you know a second team All Big Ten last year, and I think their secondary, their safeties, they're going to be very, very deep at that position as well. Um, and with corn, I really, really like their starting three corners that they have coming back here too. So I'm all positives, obviously. Um, I think the biggest thing is how does some of these new players that come in um, and how do they also mesh to new systems really on both sides of the ball too um, in year one. Yeah, Lucas talked about the receivers. Uh, top three receivers return plus Bryson Green from Oklahoma State, CJ Williams from USC, Will Pauling from Cincinnati. Um, Braylon Allen, just to, to, to kind of dot the eyes on him, over 220 rushing attempts last year, over 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns, just the latest in the line of excellent Wisconsin running backs. 
Um, when we look at the schedule, the over-under is at eight and a half wins from FanDuel, uh, tied with Iowa for the most in the Big Ten West. Over is minus 138, under is plus 112. And Lucas mentioned the draw from the East, very favorable. Rutgers and Ohio State at home at, and at Indiana. So no Penn State, no Michigan, no Maryland for Wisconsin. Non-conference games, they'll host Buffalo, host Georgia Southern. They'll go at Washington State in a return game after the Cougars beat them in Madison last year. Other Big Ten home games include Iowa, Northwestern, and Nebraska from the West. On the road, they'll go at Indiana from the East. They'll also go at Purdue, Illinois, and Minnesota. Uh, Lucas, over or under eight and a half wins for the Badgers in year one. And I should note real quick before you give your answer, each of the last three Wisconsin head coaches have won at least nine games in their first year. Ooh, pretty remarkable. I yep. like that. That is pretty crazy. Um, so I'm, I'm going to stay in that trend. I'm going over. Yep. I think nine and three is the absolute floor for this team. I would be very disappointed in nine and three, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, though I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But I'm over. I think it's just a manageable schedule. I think this offense will be much better. You mentioned the transfers they bought, they brought in on offense, and it wasn't because they had bad wide receivers to begin with. Phil Longo is actually saying in interviews that he might run more. Uh, four wide receiver sets this year than he ever did at North Carolina, which I think is shocking to hear yeah. that. Um, it will also be shocking to see that um, at four wide receiver sets. But uh, nine and three with me, I think their defense still is going to be pretty darn good. This was a really good defense last year. And we know Fickle and Mike Tressel from their experience at Cincinnati, they know how to put together really, really good defenses. So as long as that offense gets better, I think 9-3 and three is the floor for this team this year. Yeah, I love how the schedule starts. Buffalo at Washington State, Georgia Southern at Purdue Rutgers. I think a really good chance you're 5-0. and oh. Maybe the only loss is at Washington State. Uh, so I am, uh, I'm going to go over for uh, Wisconsin as well. I think 9-3 and three is very doable in Luke Fickle's first year. And, and you know, quite frankly, I think this is one of the teams that should um, should win or should compete in the Big Ten West. I mean, I think right away the ceiling for Wisconsin is winning the Big Ten West, as we'll get to a lot of uncertainty in, in this division with some new coaches and some new faces. So uh, we're both over on Wisconsin. I, I think a, a nine-win season uh, easily could be in the cards for the Badgers. All right, let's get to one of Wisconsin's chief rivals. It's the Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, really one of the um, worst offenses in the country, if historically bad offense for Kirk Ferentz and Iowa in 2022. So what do they do? They bring back Brian Ferentz, offensive coordinator, returns for his seventh season uh, in Iowa City. Uh, Lucas, truly – this was a the ultimate dichotomy of offense and defense, right? Iowa, 130th on offense last year, second on defense. Uh, you had two first-round draft picks gone, uh, Jack Campbell and uh, Lucas Von Ness off of this defense. Uh, they bring in Cade McNamara from Michigan. The transfer likely will be their starting quarterback. Had a really, really good freshman running back last year. Um, as always with Iowa, there are some questions on can they – score enough points to stay in games? Can they score enough points to win this division, which I think is, is kind of wide open? Um, as unbiased as you can, being a Wisconsin alum, give me your give me your rundown on the Iowa Hawkeyes. So, Iowa, you mentioned they lost two first-round, you, know, uh, you know, both Jack Campbell and Lucas Van Ness. This defense, for how good it was last year, could potentially be just as good, if not even better. They, they lost Riley Moss. They might, who won defensive back of the year in the Big Ten, they might have another guy, Cooper DeGene, who replaces him, probably will win that award this year. Um, that's how loaded they are at that position. Yeah. Even in, at defensive line, they're really, really good. Joe Evans, who is their second leading sack leader, is back. Logan Lee, Noah Shannon. And then you mentioned offense. If they didn't have Brian Ferentz back as their coordinator... I'd probably say Iowa should be the shoe-in favorite to win the West. It still scares me that – well, I shouldn't say it scares me as a Wisconsin fan, but it scares me as an outsider looking at the Iowa program that he is still there because they brought in – you mentioned Caden McNamara. 
but they also brought in Eric All to replace Sam Laporta. Yep. Um, no place has been better at developing tight ends than Iowa has, and Eric All brings a very, very unique skill set. Probably going to be more of like a Noah Fant esque type wide receiver. Could be an explosive guy that they use. They also brought in Caleb Bryant from Ohio State, very, very talented wide receiver. Um, and their offensive line should be good. They brought in four, uh, bring back four starters on that offensive line, bring in Rusty Fent, uh, our Feth, who was an all-Mac center, um, who's expecting to start for them too. So, look, this if, if this offense is not terrible, like just god-awfully terrible, if they're like top 80, top 70, I feel like we're talking about Iowa State like we did last week. Um, but if they're just like, they're like slightly below average, right. I think this is going to be a very, very good football team once again, which pains me to say that. Since 2017, Iowa is 39-2 and when they score at least 24 points. That is insane. <laughs> and they, they have to score 25 a game for Kirk Ferentz to keep, or for Brian Ferentz to keep his job. So it works out perfectly. Um, Lucas isn't going to want to hear this. Iowa won a five programs to win at least eight games in each of the last seven seasons. That's excluding the COVID year. Mm-hmm. The other four teams, though, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Ohio State. <laughs> All four have won national titles in the last ten years or so. Um, and then there's Iowa, who is just consistent, but consistently between eight or nine wins. I do think this is probably – I do think it's Iowa or Wisconsin – in the West, like it usually is. We'll get to Minnesota here next, and I think Illinois kind of in that second tier. Uh, some numbers real quick before we get to the over-under. Last year on defense, second in total defense, sixth in passing defense, second in scoring defense. On offense, 123rd in scoring offense, 123rd in passing offense, 124th in rushing offense. So really just a dichotomy there. Uh, we look at the schedule Pretty favorable for Iowa. Um, Utah State, Western Michigan, and at Iowa State is your non-conference. The draw from the Big Ten East is Michigan State and Rutgers at home and at Penn State. They'll also go at Wisconsin. They'll go at Nebraska. Um, Home games for Iowa in conference are Purdue, Minnesota, Rutgers, Illinois. They'll also play Northwestern at Soldier Field. In Chicago, so uh, Wrigley, Wrigley Field. I'm sorry, Wrigley. Thank you, thank you. Um, they will play Northwestern at Wrigley Field, so technically a neutral site game. Although I, I guess it's neutral because it's not in Northwestern Stadium, yeah. but it's in the city Northwestern's in. So Ryan Field is basically a neutral site to begin with, too. So <laughs> <laughs> um, Iowa, no road games, no true road games from October 15th to November 19th. Only four. Only three true conference road games. So the schedule sets up somewhat favorable for Iowa. That being said, I'm still – I'm on the under, uh, eight and a half. Uh, I, I need to trust the offense a little bit more. You lose a lot from this defense. I mean, you lose two top 20 draft picks, right? Lucas Fonest, Jack Campbell. You lose your best defensive back, Riley Moss. And I know we just expect Phil Parker's group to just keep – uh, churning out really good players, and they probably will. But this was also an offensive line that wasn't very good. They allowed almost three sacks a game, 105th in the country in sacks per game. Lucas mentioned four starters back, 60 starts back. But this was a team that was um, – it was surprising how bad they were on the offensive line last year. They really couldn't run the football, 124th in rushing. Caleb Johnson's back for his sophomore season. Um, I, I just don't know if you're going to score enough points. I don't know if you're going to score enough points. I think – your four road games are all going to be tough. Penn State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa State. Um, I'm going to take under eight and a half for Iowa. It's a slight under for me. I think eight and four probably is where they where they finish. I'm going over uh, wow. with Iowa. Um, just because I just don't – the offense cannot be that bad. But then again, I was saying this last year too. Um, but I do think Cade McNamara is a much bigger upgrade over Spencer Petrus. I do think some of the, the changes that they do make, and I think they're going to be just as good defensively as they were a year ago. And last year, even with that terrible offense, they still went 7-5. and five. And I think the schedule is manageable. Like you said, really only like three true road games in the Big Ten. 
And I think you look at their crossovers. Yes, they have to go on the road at Penn State, but they get Michigan State at home, and then they also get Rutgers at home, two games that they were probably more, more than likely favored in. So I'm going to go over eight and a half, and I'm already regretting it, and I already hate it because it's Iowa, but uh, it's what my gut says. So over eight and a half for the Hawkeyes. You're welcome, right, Iowa. I was nice yeah. to you for once. I need to just I, you, all your Wisconsin fans are gonna all your Wisconsin friends are gonna listen to this and say I can't believe Ryan took the under on Iowa and you were over, but just shows how unbiased you wait, are. Wait, wait, wait. We have one more over under though for Iowa. Yeah. Does Kirk Ferentz hit the three twenty the drive to three twenty five? Man, can, can the offense be any worse than last year? I mean, can it? I, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes, and I went under because I think the defense takes the slight. Remember, you could say if if Iowa's offense is like 80th, you're you're you feel okay. But if Iowa's defense is 35th, you you also don't feel okay, feel right? Good, like, no. Iowa's defense had to be one of literally the best in the country for it to squeak to eight to seven wins in the regular season. So, uh, I am gonna say they get to they uh, they hit that number though. Yeah. So I'm gonna go under. Because it would just be hilarious for them to win 10 games and still not hit that number. But uh, you got to remember, too, that I think for the over, that counts defensive scores, too, which is so stupid. True. Um, It's total points. And I think their offense only scored, I think it was like only like five or six more touchdowns than their defense did last year. But anyways, I'm going under, you're going over, and then for wins, we're the opposite, which I think is also Uh, hilarious and very Iowa. But anyway, right. let's move on. Yeah, let's move on to the other. Uh, let's just knock out the Wisconsin rivals here, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, nine and four for PJ Flex, the uh, boat rowers in 2022, five and four in conference, eight and four in the regular season, and a win over Syracuse in the Pinstripe Bowl to get them to nine wins, back to back nine win seasons uh, for PJ Fleck and company. Um, Lucas, there was some drama with PJ Fleck. There was a front office sports article about some alleged mistreatment um, of players. Um, I'm just going to mention that here. If you want to bring it up during your part of it, you're more than welcome to. There's already been some players coming out backing P.J. Fleck, so I don't think much is going to come of it, but it's worth at least mentioning potential trouble for P.J. Fleck, and we'll see uh, how it affects Minnesota, who will be working in for the first time uh, since the Vietnam War, a new quarterback, Tanner Morgan, is gone after at least 25 years in Minneapolis. Redshirt sophomore Ethan uh, Kalamamanis Calum- uh, is uh, going to be the projected starter for Minnesota. The redshirt sophomore started five games last year, appeared in 11, threw for almost 1,000 yards. Uh, Chris Ottman Bell is back for his seventh season at Minnesota. They also get their top tight end back, uh, Brevin Spanford, who led the team in receptions with 42. Uh, the big loss on offense, Lucas, is running back Mo Ibrahim, who was this offense for Minnesota. 320 carries for Ibrahim in 2022, almost 1,700 yards and 20 touchdowns. Uh, they do bring in from Western Michigan running back Sean Tyler, who was a good get for them in the portal, as well as uh, Zach Evans, Darius Taylor returning for uh, Minnesota, which also brings back a top 10 defense, ninth in total defense um, last year. Uh, what are your thoughts on Minnesota here? P.J. Fleck, I think, has really established this as a middle to upper tier program in this division. Um, the schedule, as we'll get to a little bit later, is really difficult. Um, what are your thoughts on Minnesota heading to 2023? Yeah, they're an intriguing team because last year – like the schedule, everything broke in their favor. Wisconsin and Iowa were were fairly down. They had a fairly favorable schedule, but yet still found themselves on the outside looking in when it came to getting to Indianapolis. And I think this year, the the offense might be potentially better. You'll love this, Ryan. Their uh, their quarterback, Ethan Kelly McManus, his nickname I believe is the Greek Rifle. Yeah, he is Greek. We are, is we Greek. are, we are supporting our 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 countrymen on the show. Uh, and I think the guy has a ton of upside. I saw him. He had. He was not particularly great last year. And then of course he plays Wisconsin, shreds us for like three hundred yards, 
And uh, they end up keeping the axe for the first time in consecutive years since like the 90s. So it is, I think offensively, if he, he is the determining factor on where they go this year. If he is pretty good, if he has a Tanner Morgan-esque year like they had in 2019, because I think they have good weapons with Daniel Jackson, Chris Altman-Bell, you mentioned with that with Brevin Span-Ford. They've got some weapons there. They do have to replace uh, a decent amount on that offensive line. They also brought, I think it was Chris Crooms. Uh, really, this is Western Michigan light over here in Minnesota. They brought like four guys from that team. Um, and then defensively, it doesn't seem to matter – who they lose on that side of the ball. Joe Rossi just seems to have the right ingredients to just make that unit work. Um, So I don't think this is a bad team, but like you said, the schedule is brutal um, this year. And I don't know if they're going to be able to to overcome that part of their season. Yeah. So Minnesota, I I believe it's, it's Minnesota and Purdue are the teams from the Big Ten West that draw both Michigan and Ohio State from the East. Mm-hmm. Minnesota draws Michigan and Michigan State at home and at Ohio State from the East. They also go at North Carolina. Um, so the secondary, which should be the strength of this defense, 15th last year in passing defense, should be tested by playing Drake May, by playing Ohio State, by playing Michigan. Um, rest of the non-conference from Minnesota is Eastern Michigan and Louisiana. Home, the home schedule in conference is Nebraska, Michigan, Michigan State, Illinois, Wisconsin. They'll go at North Carolina, Northwestern, Iowa, Purdue, and Ohio State. Over-under at FanDuel is 7.5. The over is plus 122. Under is minus 150. And uh, I will let Lucas go first. Over or under, 7.5 wins? I'm going under um, just because I've already taken two overs uh, in this division, but also I just think... The schedule, like you said, is brutal. I don't think they'll. I think they'll probably be underdogs at North Carolina. Obviously, when they play Michigan and at Ohio State, but they also have to go on the road at Iowa. PJ Fleck has not beaten Iowa at all ever in his tenure there, which is a little bit surprising. Um, who knows how? Like if Wisconsin's really good, they're probably not going to be favored at home playing them. And then you also just you still have you know a little bit you know you start. I'm very, very interested that first game at home versus Nebraska. Both these teams intrigue me. If you're betting the over, you need one of those two teams. Or if you're betting the over for either one of those two teams, that's the game that both of those teams need to have. But I just think um, there's too many on here, you know, three or four lo- like losses that you can almost just ring up right away. And that doesn't bid well when you only have one more loss to give on there. Yeah, I mean – I, it's an under for me, and it's one that when we do our kind of best bets, our kind of locks show in a couple of weeks, this will probably be on mine. Ooh, um, good teaser. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I see three losses right off the bat, Michigan, Ohio State, and North Carolina. And that means you can only lose one more game mm-hmm. out of, you know, Illinois, Wisconsin, at Iowa, at Purdue. I, I, I just don't see it. I think seven or six wins is, is, is feasible. For Minnesota, you don't know what you're going to get a quarterback. I just think losing Mo Ibrahim, he was so important to that team. Uh, you look at Illinois uh, ran the ball, I think, like over 60% of their snaps last year. It was like one of the tops in the country. Like this was a team that really relied on their running game, and he's gone now. And I have questions on how they're going to replace Mo Ibrahim. And like you said, right, two of your first three games, home against Nebraska on a Thursday night, and then at North Carolina on in uh, week three, September 16th. Like, those are going to be tough games. Getting Drake May week three, not going to be easy. I'm pretty high in North Carolina this year. So it's an under for me as well. I think Minnesota kind of falls back to the middle class of this division. All right, let's get to the Illinois fight in Illini. Eight and five in Brett Bielema's second year. Five and four in the Big Ten. Eight and four in the regular season, a loss to Mississippi State in the ReliaQuest Bowl. Uh, Lucas, it was a tale of two seasons for Illinois. At one point, they were seven and one, with their only loss being to Indiana by three points. One and four to end the season. And really, it was the three game losing streak in early November a loss at home to Michigan State, a loss at home to Purdue and a loss at Michigan. Actually, they, they played Michigan the closest of any team in the country last year besides mm-hmm. TCU. Only lost by two in Ann Arbor. Uh, you lose Tommy DeVito. 
you lose a lot off in that secondary. Quan Martin, Sidney Brown, Devin Witherspoon, a top five pick. You also lose Chase Brown, who, like Minnesota and Mo Ibrahim, really was your offense last year. Chase Brown, one of the best running backs uh, in the league. Uh, should be really strong along the offensive and defensive lines with guys like Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph and Gabe Jockus on the defensive line and offensive line with uh, Julian Pearl and Isaiah Adams. Uh, Lucas, Brett Bielema, I think, has solidified himself as one of the better coaches in this league. He's really resurrected this program. They have some juice to them. I think the vibes are pretty good. I know you're a big-time vibe guy. What do you think about Illinois in year three of the Brett Bielema era? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like they're he's just creating a mini Wisconsin down in, yep. uh, in Champaign, basically. And Including getting Jim Leonard as a senior analyst this oh, happened, senior uh, analyst. yesterday. That was that was big news. I think people are. What, I saw so many Wisconsin fans like, "What a traitor!" I'm like, "Hey, go there as a defensive coordinator. He's not even probably moving to Champaign." But anyways, yes, he also has his current defensive coordinator, Aaron Henry, who is also a former Wisconsin player underneath him, and they've also got like three other Wisconsin guys on their staff. But no, I I really really like the job Brett's really really done. Like we kind of mentioned when he got hired, I thought he had a really good chance to establish a very good floor at Illinois. Like, I don't think there's any reason with him as head coach why Illinois should not be going bowling almost every single year, and I don't think that's going to be any different. You mentioned offensive line, defensive line is going to be a strength. Another guy they bring back, uh, Jerzon Newton, who was a first-team All-American last year, should be able to build on that. You know, they bring in another transfer quarterback, Luke Altmeyer from Ole Miss, to kind of solidify there. Um, and then they also bring back, you know, a couple good wide receivers, Isaiah Williams, um, and also, uh, Pat Bryant, but not sure where else they might spread the ball there. Um, passing obviously was a little bit of a, an issue for them last year, especially just trying to stretch the field could be the same thing this season. But like we've said, especially in this division, if you can control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. In this division, you're going to put yourself in a chance to win just about every game, and I think Illinois is going to have a chance to do that again this year. Yeah, I think the big question, like you said, is Luke Altmaier. I think Tommy DeVito, who they got from Syracuse last year, really uh, exceeded our expectations um, and really managed that team well in the locker room and on the field. And Luke Altmaier is just a question mark, right? It's the Mm -hmm. third different starting quarterback for Illinois in three years. Luke Altmaier has eligibility left, so he could be the guy for the next couple years. But he's a guy last year at Ole Miss, only 125 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, lost out on the quarterback competition to Jackson Dart and really didn't play much the rest of the season. So that's the biggest question mark. And and really, how do they replace Chase Brown? I mean, you have Josh McCray and you have Reggie Love. It'll be more of a committee approach as opposed to giving Chase Brown like 300-plus carries like they did last year. So um, the over-under for Illinois is six and a half wins over minus 110, under minus 110. Uh, non-conference schedule, they'll get Toledo and FAU at home. They'll go at Kansas week two on a Friday night. Should be a fun one in Lawrence. The draw from the Big Ten East is Penn State, Indiana at home, Maryland on the road. Uh, they'll also play Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Northwestern at home. And then the Big Ten West road games are Purdue, Minnesota, and Iowa. Uh, I'm going to take the over six and a half wins. I'm banking on what should be a pretty darn good defense. Uh, I'm banking on an offense that should get better through the air. This was a team that was 92nd last year in passing offense. I think that can improve with Luke Altmaier. I think he'll have a good offensive line. And like you mentioned, uh, some, some good depth back at the receiver position. I don't think 3-0 and is completely out of the question in the non-conference. I, I think the Kansas State game is kind of a toss-up. Penn State week three, um, maybe you get Drew Aller early and he's not quite settled and you can throw some wrinkles at him. Um, That could be an upset pick as well. Illinois, moving forward, not going to be my pick to win the Big Ten West, but would not surprise me if a seven or eight win season is in the cards for the Fighting Liner. Yeah, and that's where I'm into. I'm I'm at at over with them. They've, I mean, just the last two years, we've picked them to be over and they have been better than expectations. Expect the same. I think seven and five is a is a good number for them. Like you mentioned, probably not going to get to competing for the Big Ten West. Now, if Luke Altmaier is really good and they evolve a really good passing game, I think it does bring it into play. But for right now, I still think at worst case this is a, a pretty solid bowl team um, heading into the season. 
Yeah, we'll see. Wisconsin at home on October 21st. Iowa on the road November 18th. Uh, and Minnesota on the road November 4th. Those are three games in four weeks. Could really determine if Illinois has a chance to compete in this division. All right, let's get to a first-year head coach at Nebraska. It's Matt Rule. The Huskers were 4-8 and eight last year. Fired Scott Frost after a loss to Georgia Southern. Uh, 3-6 and six in conference. Mickey Joseph did some nice things. At one point, Nebraska... Uh, was three and three wheels kind of fell off. They finished. Uh, they had a five-game losing streak. Finished one and five. Uh, did win at Iowa on Black Friday to end the season and knock Iowa out of the Big Ten championship game. Um, Matt Rule, like I said, takes over. He takes over a team that really has a lot of holes. Right. This is a team that was 102nd in total offense, 100th in total defense. Um, you bring in Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech. Uh, Anthony Grant is back almost 1,000 yards last year on the ground. You lose Trey Palmer uh, as your top wide receiver. He had over 1,000 yards last year. Lucas, I think overall I'm pretty high on this hire. I think Matt Rule is going to be a good college coach. Um, But I don't know if I'm too high on this team this season. Uh, What do you say about uh, year one of the Matt Rule era? It just feels like very much like a quintessential kind of rebuild year for Matt Rule and them. They didn't, you know, they didn't go as crazy as Colorado did with like cutting players or anything like that. But they did bring in, you know, some guys to help. You mentioned Jeff Sims. You know, they brought in Elijah Judy on the defensive line from Texas A&M two years ago. So it was a five-star recruit um, to really help that side of the ball because um, I think defensively, I mean, this team struggled mightily last year on that side of the ball, especially against the run. Gave up almost 200 yards on the ground. Um, and that's where I think they could still struggle again this year, even though they brought in some transfers there. Not sure how much they're going to mesh. Uh, though I do like, you know, Tony White handling that side of the ball. He was really, really good at Syracuse, um, uh, running more of a, a 3-3-5 type of defense. But even on offense, you mentioned Anthony Grant, but I don't know who they're going to be throwing the ball to. Um, Trey Palmer was a record-setting wide receiver for them. He's gone. Um, and they all said they do bring back Marcus Washington, but then their next three wide receivers after that are all gone. They brought in a couple transfers like Billy Kemp from Virginia, who had over 500 yards last year. To me, I think if you're, if you're a Cohen Husker fan, you just want to see continued progress throughout the season. Um, but this could be one, I think, Northwestern is going to be, or Nebraska is going to be maybe that prototypical team that struggles at the beginning of the year, especially you look at their schedule. First two games on the road, you know, at Minnesota, at Colorado, have no idea how it's going to look. Uh, but I feel like this is a team you're going to want to play early in September, but you're not maybe going to want to play in November when they start figuring things out. Yeah, you look at that November schedule, it includes Wisconsin, Iowa, and Maryland. Uh, like Lucas said, they open at Minnesota on, on a Thursday night, then at Colorado on uh, September 9th, week two. The non-conference is at Colorado, home Northern Illinois, home Louisiana Tech. Crossover opponents from the east will be Michigan, Maryland, and Michigan State. Michigan, Maryland at home, at Michigan State. Uh, other non, uh, the other conference road games, like I mentioned, at Minnesota, week one. They'll also go at Illinois, at Michigan State, at Wisconsin. The Big Ten home schedule includes... Iowa, uh, Maryland, Purdue, Northwestern, and Michigan. Over-under at FanDuel uh, is set at 6.5. The over is plus 110. Under is minus 134. Uh, I will go under 6.5 wins for Nebraska. I, listen, 6-6 six and six I think would be a really nice year for Matt Rule. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they're 7-5. and five. I, I, I really – Nebraska might be the one team – in this division that I think has a pretty wide range of outcomes, right? I think Wisconsin, it would shock me if they're five and seven, right? Iowa, same thing. If, if Nebraska's four and eight or eight and four, I don't know if I'd be surprised with either one. Like I, I kind of don't know what you're going to get. I like the coordinator hires. You get Marcus Satterfield from South Carolina. You get Tony white from Syracuse. Jeff Sims is a guy that's got a lot of experience and just never seemed to get on track at Georgia tech, especially after they lost Jameer Gibbs after a 2021 season. So interested to see him with a fresh start. Um, but like you said, they're bad on defense. You had a lot of transfers coming in. It's a, it's a rebuild. So I think five and seven or six and six is most likely. So I'm under six and a half. 
I am under it as well. I'm kind of in that that same boat. At least this this line isn't as ridiculous last year when they called for when it was seven and a half. Easiest under ever. I cashed that Incredible. very very soon. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but no under. Kind of same with you. I just think it's going to be a especially on it's going to be a tall task. I think on defense for them to see significant improvement. I'm excited to see Jeff uh, Jeff Sims though play. They're going to be running much more of a pro style esque. Uh, a, a system. I've been reading these previews. They actually are going to be playing with a fullback. I just think Nebraska, like we've talked about this, I think just Nebraska fans are just going to love all of this because I think this is something they've been wanting to do since they moved to the Big Ten. Um, but yeah, under for me, I think, yeah, five and seven, six and six, much more likely than seven and five. Yeah, the first time Nebraska scores on like a fullback dive from the one yard line, the, the Memorial Stadium is just going to erupt. Lincoln is going to absolutely go crazy. They have been waiting for this for Tom, Tom for Osborne. They're going to show him crying <laughs> in the booth because it like <laughs> Matt Rules is going to be you know pointing to him in the in the, in the bottom. That's for you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> While All eating right, a corn on the cob, like right, yeah. right uh, across. <laughs> He's going <laughs> to okay. Moving on here. Moving on. We'll get to the Purdue Boilermakers. The reigning Big Ten West champions. This might be the latest we'll have to talk about a reigning division champion. Purdue, 6-3 and three in conference last year, 8-6 and uh, six overall. 8-4 and four in the regular season. They lost to Michigan, and then they lost to LSU in the bowl game. Um, tough end of the season for Purdue. Uh, they lost by 21 to Michigan and then lost 63-7 to seven to LSU in the Citrus Bowl after uh, Jeff Brom had left uh, for Louisville. Um, Purdue has to replace Aiden O'Connell, a really good quarterback for them. They also have to replace Charlie Jones, who was a fourth-round draft pick, their stud wide receiver. Uh, it's Ryan Walters' first year in uh, West Lafayette. I'm, I'm pretty high on Ryan Walters overall, Lucas. I think it was a good hire. I liked him for the Colorado job. And I think he brings over a pretty solid uh, coordinator mm -hmm. duo, right? Graham Harrell comes over from West Virginia to run the offense, and Kevin Kane, who was on the Illinois staff last year to run the defense. Um, interesting to see how Purdue looks now. You go from Jeff Braun, one of the more innovative offensive minds, to a more defensive-minded head coach, and they have a stud running back, right, Devin Mockaby. So mm -hmm. maybe we'll see a little bit more smash mouth. But Graham Harrell also runs the air raid. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Purdue Boilermakers? Yeah, they're, they're such an intriguing team because we were talking about with Nebraska just our teams this year that we could see there's a fair there's a very amount of ways that this season could go. It wouldn't shock me if Purdue's like four and eight, five and seven. And it also wouldn't shock me if they figure out things on defense. The offense continues to hum, especially with Hudson Card. Um, really, really like that pickup for them, um, yep. considering the amount of suitors that look like he was potentially going to. Uh, and playing in that air raid type of style of offense, they have the personnel to run that, um, like they did under Jeff Brom. So, but you know, it wouldn't shock me if they are at the end competing. It's just, I just, I have no idea. Only eleven starters coming back, so there is going to be a lot of new blood injected into this program from a personnel standpoint. Um, aside from all the new coaches that are in there. So I think it's it's really, really intriguing. They bring back, you know, they do lose Charlie Jones, who was fantastic for them last year after transferring from Iowa. But then after that, their next top six wide receivers um, after him are all back to play um, in here too. Do worry a little bit about the defense. This defense was not particularly good last season. But we also saw Ryan Walters turn Illinois into a very below average defense into just an absolute unit. Uh, within right. two years would not shock me if he's doing the same thing with Purdue um, shortly. Just not sure if it'll be enough this season for them to get over the hump. Yeah. Uh, the over-under at FanDuel is five and a half overs, plus 122 under, minus 150. The schedule, uh, the Stop. Big Ten schedule makers did them no favors here. Uh, this is the schedule before the bye week on October 21st. Fresno State at Virginia Tech, home Syracuse. First four Big Ten games, home Wisconsin, home Illinois, at Iowa, home Ohio State. That is not easy at all, right? Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State, bye week. At Nebraska, at Michigan to end, and then Minnesota at Northwestern, Indiana. So last three games uh, might have some, some promise there, 
But like we mentioned with Minnesota, they get Michigan and Ohio State uh, from the East. You have two Power 5 teams. I think two winnable Power 5 games for Purdue. But still, right, you're playing Virginia Tech on the road and Syracuse at home. So over-under is 5.5. I'll let you you go first here. What do you do with this? I went under. I mean, the TV did mention Fresno State's probably the best out of those three teams. Right. Reigning reigning Mountain West champions. Uh, what What does Purdue do? Like, I get I hey, I give you all I'll give you kudos for scheduling really tough non-conferences, but when you are a program like Purdue, where going to a bowl game is a massive deal, why are you scheduling almost the equivalent of three power five teams in there? Now look, they could still more than likely I think they go two and one in that stretch, but it's not doing them any favors. But I'm under. I just think uh, too much roster tr- uh, turnover. Um, with the coaches trying to figure things out. And like we mentioned, the schedule is brutal. I think on paper, this is like a seven and five team, but because of the schedule, um, I'm going to go under the five and a half. Cause I think five it, and seven is very likely. It, it truly might be the hardest schedule, not even hyperbole in the whole country. Yeah. You have 11 power five teams and the rainy mountain West champion. So one of the better G five teams and you play Michigan and Ohio state. Like truly one of the more ch- one of the hardest schedules in the country. I'm under as well. Uh, this might be a lock for me. The under is minus one fifty. I, I might go ahead and bet this. I just I like Hudson Card. I think they have some talent on offense. You talked about five of your top six receivers back. Devin Mockaby ran for almost a thousand yards mm-hmm. last year. And you 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 trust Walters with the defense. The defense in year one for Illinois was pretty good uh, mm-hmm. in 2021. But it's an under for me. I, I think five or four or five or four wins, most realistic for Purdue. Uh, all right, let's uh, round out the Big Ten with the Northwestern Wildcats, uh, the reigning Big Ten European champions. They were one and zero in Europe and zero and eleven on American soil last year. One and eight in the Big Ten. They beat Nebraska in Week Zero and lost their last eleven games. This was a offense that was 128th in scoring offense. They were 94th in passing offense, 107th in total offense. The defense was 110 against the run, 63rd overall. They replaced their defensive coordinator, uh, and they replaced their head coach, Pat Fitzgerald, for the first time in 19 seasons, will not be roaming the sidelines at Ryan Field in Evanston, replaced after a flurry of allegations against him from former players regarding hazing. Uh, Lucas Northwestern is a program that was already struggling in this league, right? A little bit like Indiana. They had a really great COVID year, and it's just been two disastrous years for them since. Um, They enter 2023 without a head coach. They enter 2023 with the lowest over-under win total at two and a half. Don't have to be very long here. I have a feeling you're not very high on the Wildcats. What uh, What are you thinking about them here for this upcoming year? Oh, we should. We can just move on to the Pac-12 if we want. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, no, the the last thing you want when you're a one in eleven team is to lose your 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 best offensive rusher, like they did with yep. Evan Hall. Your best wide receiver is gone in uh, Malik Washington. Oh yeah, and your uh, first your uh, one first round uh, uh, offensive lineman, an offensive line that was not particularly good, Peter Scronsi. He's also gone. Oh, yeah, and then you're also firing your head coach um, about six weeks before the start of the season. In the interim, David Braun, I don't even believe, has coached at the FBS level. He came from North, North Dakota North State Dakota. As, uh, as their defensive coordinator, was supposed to run the defense this year, and now he's thrusted uh, to be your interim head coach. And, man, I wasn't high. I mean, the thing was, was like it wasn't like we were high or thought that this team was going to improve. Even before all this came out, I thought Northwestern had a chance to be another one or two win team again this year. You add this on top of it, I mean, it's just hard to find really any positives. I guess you brought in Ben Bryant, who has started a lot at the group of five. It was a decent starter, nothing great at Cincinnati and Eastern Michigan, but... I don't know. Their defense does return eight starters, so I guess they can't be as bad as they were last year. They have a couple good linebackers, but uh, I don't know, man. It's it's hard for me to to bring up much positive with uh, with Northwestern at all right now. Yeah, it's a defense that was 13th against the pass, 110th against the run. 
Uh, big dichotomy there. They were third to last in the Power Five in pressure rate, tied for 114th in sacks on defense. And offense, like we said, uh, pretty bad. 128th in scoring offense. They only scored over 20 points once after uh, September 17th. So last year, really struggled offensively. Uh, the over-under, 2.5 at FanDuel. Over is minus 138. Under is plus 112. Non-conference, they'll host UTEP and Howard, and they'll go at Duke. The draw from the Big Ten East is Penn State, Maryland, and Rutgers. Uh, home schedule for Northwestern is Penn State, Minnesota, Maryland, Iowa, which will be at Wrigley, and Purdue. On the road, they'll play Rutgers, Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Illinois. Uh, this is an under for me. The 1-11 last year, you got worse. You had like four draft picks off last year's team, with one, including a first-rounder, which is pretty nuts to have four draft picks and only win one game. So uh, it's an under for me. Yep, same. Uh, under for me. I would not be shocked if this is – their only win is probably going to be Howard. But like last year, they lost to Southern Illinois. Like they lost to an FCS team. I just I don't see more than than three wins. If they got three wins, I think they should hire David Braun as their head coach potentially three and nine, and they're still not going to yeah. get the over. So under for me, it's fairly easy, I think, at this point. All right. So as we wrap up the Big Ten here, uh, for those that didn't listen to the Big Ten East show, I recommend you listen to it. It's about nine. It's about sixty minutes of content, including a memorial for the Pac-12 conference. Lucas uh, went. Over for Michigan, under for Ohio State, over for Penn State. I went over for all three. So now we're going to give our division champions and our Big Ten championship uh, game and our Big Ten champions. So, Lucas, let's go just division uh, each first, and then we'll, we'll say who wins the conference. So Big Ten East, who do you have? At Penn State. Wow, okay. So talk to me about that for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I just really like their team. I think this might be the best year that they have. I think it'll be Penn State and Michigan competing there, and they get Michigan at home. Um, I just think uh, with the loss of C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, this is usually the best year that you want to try to get Ohio State. We also talked about on our Big Ten East, we're a little bit about their secondary, and I think uh, Penn State might be able to exploit that. And I just I think Penn State might have the best defense in the entire conference. Um, I think they'll be able to hold Michigan and Penn State at bay. So that's why I'm going with the Penn State Nittany Lions to finally get over the hump uh, wow. and take wow. down Michigan and Ohio State in the East. If, if if we saw a little bit more from Drew Aller last year, I would be inclined to follow you. I just There's so much uncertainty with him. I just don't know. That's why I'm not picking Ohio State either. I'm, I'm just going to go chalk. Like, give me Michigan. Mm-hmm. It's not sexy. It would be their third Big Ten championship in a row. Um, I, it's a safe pick. You return J.J. McCarthy. You have an outstanding running game. You have an outstanding defense. Year two with their defensive coordinator. Um, I don't care about the Jim Harbaugh suspension. That's you know whatever. Um, so give me give me Michigan to win the Big Ten East, and I'm going to pick Wisconsin to win the West. Um, I look at this West. I think it's up for grabs. I mean, I think realistically, Wisconsin, Iowa, maybe Illinois are your three, your three contenders. I'm not very high on Minnesota. I just think Wisconsin, with, with with Tanner Mordecai, with an outstanding running game, you trust that they're going to figure out the offensive line if there are any question marks there. Um, I think the schedule, like we talked about, sets up pretty favorably for them. You do play Ohio State, but other than that, it's Indiana and Rutgers from Big Ten East. So uh, I think Wisconsin's like a 9-3 and three, uh, with like a 7-2-ish and two-ish Big Ten record or 6-3 and three or what you know whatever it is. Big Ten record, uh, and like Purdue, I think maybe six or seven wins this year wins the West. So I've got Wisconsin taking on Michigan in the Big Ten title game. So uh, here we go. I, uh, I've oh, picked no. Wisconsin the last – I think every year we've done this podcast, I've picked Wisconsin to win the Big Ten West, and they have yet to fulfill that promise. So I'm going to change it up this year. This pains me so, so much. Oh, but no. I am picking I am picking the Iowa Hawkeyes to win the Big Ten West just because I know they're going to be really damn good, again, defensively. And I do think they are going to make some improvements on offense. I, they're not going to be complete dog shit like they were last year. 
they might just be like a nice little cow pie um, out in the pasture um, that doesn't smell as bad. So I'm going to go with Iowa. I just think with the stability there, you know, they're, it's not like they're doing a whole bunch of changeover like Wisconsin is. Um, with Wisconsin, I do worry about their defensive front. If they get a little bit hurt, I also worry a little bit in their secondary. I like their I like their starters uh, at corner. I do worry if they do get some injuries there, like they did last season, if it does hurt them. Where I like the depth a little bit better for Iowa. So I'm going to take the Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa fans can now love me. I hope we get as many ratings like we did with Kansas State fans that came out of the woodworks to support our show. So I'm going to be a Penn State and Iowa in indianapolis uh in early december we were uh we were pretty much aligned on the acc and the big 12 so this is kind of fun to have four different teams between the two of us i cannot wait for week one iowa has like three points against utah state in the third quarter and you're just texting me like i can't believe i picked Iowa to win the big 10 <laughs> the offense is just as bad as last year all right, uh, I got Michigan winning the Big Ten. I think Michigan makes the playoff. Uh, three, I think it's the third straight year. I think this, they're right now they're the elite program in this conference. It's them and Ohio State. And Michigan's beaten in the last two years. They get Ohio State at home. Um, I think JJ McCarthy gets Michigan to its third straight playoff, and they win the Big Ten. Yep, I'm taking Penn State. I think the winner of the West it'll make the or winner of the East. Wins championship game as it has always been, so it only makes sense for it to happen. The last year we had the East-West setup, and I think Penn State is in the playoff, much like I think any team uh, in the Big Ten who wins it. And I think there's also another good chance that the Big Ten gets two teams in because I think whoever comes out of the East, the second best team, is probably only going to have one loss, more than likely, um, as well between Ohio State and Michigan. So. Um, really, really fun year in the Big Ten. I cannot wait for it to get uh, for it to uh, get going and to see yeah. which one of our predictions come right. Uh, it'll probably work out that neither one of us are right because that's uh, sometimes yeah, how it works. It's probably, gonna be, it's probably gonna be like Penn State versus Wisconsin, and Wisconsin wins the league. <laughs> no one, <knows. laughs> no one, no one has. I love that. I would love it. Yeah. I'll take it. All right, uh, that's gonna do it. Uh, if you. Uh, would like to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so anywhere you get your podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash running for the roses, posting kind of individual clips. Uh, for Lucas Rohde, I'm Ryan Baff Lucas. Thank you so much for listening to our Big Ten preview shows, and uh, we'll catch you next time.